Hi, and welcome to episode 5 of The Connected Generation. Today we'll be talking about anxiety. Three ways to handle anxiety. In this age of COVID, this is real, right? A lot of us are battling through this. Racing thoughts, panic attacks, difficulty breathing, difficulty sleeping, loss of appetite, or huge insatiable appetites. These are all symptoms of anxiety, and how would I know? I went through a really bad season where I was bedridden and overwhelmed by fear of the unknown, and I'll walk you through the same steps I went through to overcome anxiety. With Rona on the rise and the overwhelm of information we're bombarded with, we're literally awash with information, and it's not information that empowers, but it's the kind of information that assaults and bruises our souls. You know, all those forwards on WhatsApp, all the many theories on social media, and the constant bad news causes so much underlying anxiety and stress. How do we deal with it? How do we thrive emotionally in the midst of so much adversity? That's what we'll be talking through today. First things first, there's no shame in seeking professional help. In talking to a counsellor, I think we need to lift the stigma of having a therapist or counsellors. And we don't need to necessarily see a therapist or counsellor when our world is falling apart. Instead, I think we need to look at therapy as preventative maintenance. So the first way we can handle anxiety is through our thoughts. What are you thinking? We're going to go to church today. (laughs) The word of God is clear. As a man thinks, so he is. So are your thoughts of thriving, of abundance, prosperity, successful relationships, fulfillment, blessing others, helping others, or failure, ill health, collapse of business, being used, abused, manipulated, and the likes. And you know, We often quote Philippians 4, 6, where it says, be anxious for nothing and the peace will guard your hearts and all that. But a lot of us omit the final part of that passage, the next verses, where it tells us to think on thoughts that are right, pure, lovely, admirable, of good repute, excellent, and the likes. So the peace can't guard our hearts when our hearts are fixed on negative stimuli. And I will say that there are many triggers in your life that may cause you to start thinking of thoughts contrary to that verse. I can tell you the triggers in my life. (laughs) CNN, bringer of bad news. Um, Netflix, all those thriller shows, they fill me with so much anxiety. And again, the Bible is very clear that faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Constantly hearing the news, bad news, <laughs> or watching thriller truths that will not fill you up with peace. So how would I know? Because about two weeks ago, when we had the mini lockdown and change of schedules, I spent like 
two days just kind of slumped in front of the sofa watching literally just watching the global death count rise listening to trump's great theories and wishes at the end of the two days i literally felt a heaviness like i just felt depressed and it took me some time to realize like what's going on and i realized that i had been meditating on bad news literally for 48 hours Another trigger for me is not starting my day having primed my thoughts. And what does that mean? I prime my thoughts in the place of prayer, meditation, journaling, silence, worship, and the word. And on days where I prime my thoughts, it literally shapes my entire day compared to those where I'm unable to. So I think it's important that we stay on top of our thoughts and not feel pulled in so many directions we're such a busy generation right we're so distracted our phones are constantly bombarding us you know we need to intentionally program some stillness into our schedules that will help us in feeling peace in our minds the second way I'm going to be talking through is through our sight. So what are you seeing? Not literally, but in your mind's eye, in the eye of your imagination. Now, I used to think this was woo-woo <laughs> until I had my bout of anxiety and I was literally bedridden, overwhelmed by fear. And a mentor suggested visualization. Practicing seeing myself doing what I loved, utilizing the power of my imagination. And literally, I kid you not, like shackles falling off my feet, the very next day I was a different person with a spring in my step. I no longer went back to being bedridden, unable to take action. And the interesting thing is that nothing in my external situation changed. <laughs> All it was was that I gained some inner fortitude through using visualization. So use your imagination. Picture yourself doing what you love and run wild with that imagination. Let it be detailed and vivid, but positive. Think about where are you? What are you doing? What are you feeling? Who are you with? Literally seeing is believing. It's not a joke. So And I say all this not to encourage inaction, just to be stuck on fantasies, right? But it's important to help your brain to reduce fear and anxiety so that then you are able to take action. And when we think of athletes, for instance, studies show that visualization increases their performance because it improves their motivation, coordination, and concentration. And it also helps in their relaxation, helps them reduce their fear and anxiety. And Aristotle is quoted for having said, first, have a definite, clear, practical idea, a goal, an objective. Second, have the necessary means to achieve your ends, wisdom, money, materials, and methods. Third, adjust all your means to that end. So, Having that vision, that sight, is extremely important. And our final way, way number three, through your words. So 
at the root of anxiety and depression is fear. And I often say that fear is like a bully. (laughs) And most bullies are cowards that once you confront them, they retreat. I remember when we moved to the UK when I was nine years old. And when I first got to school, I was bullied by a girl that would mock the way I spoke, my hair, everything about me, the way I looked. And about two weeks into it, I then had an aha moment. I was like, why am I listening to this girl? (laughs) And I got some confidence where I then kind of became the bully and I told her about herself. And guess what? She retreated. (laughs) After that day, she did not bully me again. So I think... Similarly, fearful thoughts need confrontation. Confrontation through speaking back to them out loud. And well, how do you do that? Essentially through affirmations, confessions, whatever you want to call them, right? And once you do so, that bully, the bully of fear, speaks less often and less loudly. And again, this is not woo-woo. There's actually scientific evidence suggesting that When people practice self-affirmation, there's certain neural pathways that are increased. And there were results um, of a study by Falk and his colleagues suggesting that when we practice positive affirmations, we're then able to view what would have been threatening information as more self-relevant and valuable. So instead of saying corona is on the rise, the economy is terrible, businesses are failing, our family business will fail, we won't have liquidity, I won't be able to afford this and that. Start to tell yourself a different story because I believe storytelling is the most powerful form of persuasion and especially of yourself. Tell yourself, I am resilient, I am creative, I have an abundance of ideas. I can never be stranded. I am resourceful. I always find solutions. I can build again. Once you tell yourself these things out loud enough, it's crazy. You actually start to believe them. (laughs) And remember what we said about thoughts as you think you are. And then your actions will line up with those thoughts. This is all not to downplay the severity and the magnitude of the pandemic. It's history-making, it's on the rise, and it's, it's real. And, but it's in spite of that, we can have peace in abundance, guarding our hearts. So stay safe, isolate, but above all, fight for your peace. God bless you.